Hello and warmly welcome to the SAP on Azure YouTube uh, episode 121. Today it's uh, November 30 and uh, with Robert and Holger we are talk we are here to talk anything related to SAP on Azure. Hello. Hi guys. So um, I mean my, uh, Microsoft IT is one of the my favorite uh, IT team oper operating the SAP. And um, we had in the past actually Hans Reuter two times um, uh, visiting us. Um, for me, that was a kind of the best session I had because I'm maybe the only customer session. And we are lucky today to have Frederick uh, Wett, also part of the MSIT, but a part of the strategic roadmap guys doing the innovation, designing the openness inside of the uh, of the Microsoft operating this stuff and sharing the best practices with many other customers. I see it a huge value. Um, so very happy to have you, Frederick, here uh, on the, in the in this episode. But anyway, before we uh, start with the main topic and the main guest, let's just quickly may go to the news from the, this week. Um, again, because we talk about the customer, I always, from time to time, I love to see those uh, customer success story. And uh, Munich Re is, well, one of the biggest uh, insurance company of the world, located also in Munich, in Germany, as a, uh, the headquarter. Um, they moved the SAP system to Azure. So this is what they basically are having. Pretty, pretty big, uh, big system. Um, they are running exclusively, they said, on HANA. Um, they are on Linux and Red Hat. Uh, uh, here they were mentioning as well, using the premium classical storage and Azure files. Uh, also having a system all around the globe, uh, although the main one, it's in the uh, in the West Europe and they have a DR in the East Europe. For me, it was a kind of really always an interesting the benefit. How do they see the benefit when mi migrating the um, SAP system to Microsoft Cloud? And the main stuff, what they said that is, uh, Azure gave them the speed to innovate because uh, in order to to have to support the new projects, um, they do not need to wait a month, as maybe a half a year to get a, a new. Um, uh, a new hardware, exactly. Mm -hmm. So basically, they could just deploy the newest stuff, which is certified by the SAP. Try it. If they don't need it, they will throw it again, pay as you go. So all of that, of course, brought a huge value to their business, right? And another interesting part, what I see, it's um, sizing. So that's, I know, the, the very uh, topic close to Robert Hart. Um, uh, the point is uh, the cloud give you ability to scale it out or up as per your need, right? And they were also telling we were they were buying a huge machines just to make sure they can cover the peaks. And most of the time they were sitting on news. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a, I mean, Robert, I believe this is a nice example that customers. Yeah, this, really yeah, exactly. This is classical tight sizing, right sizing, what we are trying always to evangelize to, with our customers. In most cases, customer discover that, let's say like that, uh, after the migration, because in most cases they don't have a time to optimize and they want to somehow spend the time to, to 
to see the right utilization in the in the Azure and then decide to to do tight sizing, right sizing. And this is a very nice example from broad perspectives to to give us uh, to give customer flexibility and from other side flexibility of of uh, somehow dynamic sizing yeah exactly. i think it's yeah. very nice example exactly yeah 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 and yeah. i mean nice that somebody they recognize this as a, as a yep. huge value for them right yep. um next topic i mean very fresh uh, kind of article about this disaster recovery for sap by denis padia um you know here is also you can see on the left side we have an big topic of high availability, very much in detail described for application layer, for database. However, I mean, disaster recovery was not so much um, um, covered in detail. And uh, obviously this is changing. And this is really what I, uh, I also see a lot. So many customer asking, not just for the HA in one region, but also the DR in another <clears throat> region. So there is a huge yeah. discussion how to do it. I'm sure this is initial work, but really a, a very good work. So he mm -hmm. would go in a, a, um, a, a RTO and RPO discussion mm -hmm. and, and what is this about the different infrastructure layers. And interesting is also his here we can see also uh, different SAP layers and what is kind of recommended. So would mm -hmm. it be an uh, Azure mm -hmm. recovery, use the database for the database layer, Okay, you have a file share within a, a, a Azure NetApp, use the cross-region replication, Azure premium files. Okay, currently we have to do with the scripts. Uh, this feature is not yet there, for example. Um, and there is also uh, an another uh, here follow-up article which go more into the detail of every mm -hmm. SAP layer. So web dispatcher, mm -hmm central services yep. application yep. server shell i mean like showing the picture before really nice so here okay for now it's a linux i'm sure the windows will come as well mm -hmm. where he in deep dive discuss okay how those components can be protected because you know i mean when we are starting to talk about reliability we always take assumption okay disaster recovery is somehow just a logical step yeah but in these two articles dennis actually explained very deep uh, you know very precisely tips and tricks which we also need to consider when we are going a little bit more than than classical habitability because for disaster recovery we have some uh, yeah challenges regarding latency so we need to somehow take another approach and i think these two articles really uh, uh, cover all those differences and important topics what we need to consider when we are talking about disaster recovery yeah exactly but this is really i mean munich ray they also said okay we have west europe as the main region North Europe as the secondary and they appeared. You know, I see a lot of those kind of scenario. In the past, they were really a kind of science fiction. You know, nobody was in for different reasons, maybe complexity, high costs, as an example here as well. So glad that to see from our engineering really those deep dive detail, what you can do, you know, yeah, how, how yeah. to solve it, you know, what you can't do and how what you should do it. I mean, really, really great. How about the backup restore, you know, for each of those components? Really nice overview. Actually, that would be a little bit um, uh, heads up. We will have the Dennis also to go deep dive on, on here yep. in one of the next. But so far, it's uh, very, very, very I'm happy to see it. I mean, anyway, it's a little bit my, my kind of topic close to my heart. So uh, uh, if, yeah. I, if I can jump. jump yeah, in, please. I 100% agree because 
and it's it's kind of interesting on the whole disaster recovery. Uh, first of all, the, the three layers, like you mentioned, high availability, disaster recovery, backup and restore. All of yep. those are actually one part of big envelope. And there's a lot of people that confuse that, hey, if I've got high availability and a cluster, yep. that's my disaster recovery. That's yeah. completely different. Your RTORPO mm -hmm. having a different region is, is something we've evolved that. Back to actually your first topic on that, even with the scaling, that's another big one. Because if you think about people that were on-prem, and that was our example, you had exactly the same physical infrastructure for your DR at any point in time, because yeah. you needed to be able to scale to the exact same volume. But now you realize, wait a minute, is that DR system really needed all to be all that big at any point in time? Or can I just have the database so I can replicate and then have an opportunity to bring instances to bring my volume only when I need it so I can scale up my DR only mm. when I need it instead of having a lot of wasted capacity for something which is only used in case of a disaster. So there's exactly. a lot, a lot of, mm. a lot of different opportunity we've yeah. seen even in our case with, yeah. with moving to the cloud. Exactly. And I exactly. think third link, third link is also going in a more same direction. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Everything fine. <laughs> So I think your third link is uh, talking about also sizing, if I'm... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I found one interesting um, SAP blog about sizing report for the sub BW on HANA. So it talks about, I mean, customer would, uh, those customer who wants to move to HANA, the BW system to HANA, or move the sub BW systems to sub BW for HANA, they have kind of, uh, built-in uh, uh, report uh, available since B B uh, 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 BW 7.3 version, right? So um, they can just take. Actually, I had an I had an, uh, I had an 7.5 uh, system, you know. So I just basically I saw today this article and I just tried. So this is the the functional module, and if you would basically um, run it. Um, so just a second. Uh, where is the run? Here. Execute, yeah. Okay. Maybe I choose the wrong one. Let's see, 38. Ah, yeah, here, wrong one. So it, it has a kind of frame where you can fill it and execute it, and on the end it will actually save. Um, I, I haven't finished yet, but basically it, it will save in the work folder, so to say, mm -hmm. and on a sizing TXT. So this is a kind of uh, explained into detail in the blog and also kind of um, uh, they are talking about link, link to the SAP notes. The point is also many customer who move to Azure, they can, they're switching the database and even they are moving to another product. So in that regards, always the sizing is a question. So surely tools like this uh, can also help there. Yeah. So I think we are we are kind of um, we're finished with it with the news from the SAP on Azure universe. Uh, Frederick, really happy to have you uh, on the on the episode. And I, I have to say we haven't met before. I checked your LinkedIn profile and <laughs> I saw you your your first job started in 1992 with SAP R2, not R3, R2. So I said Okay, this guy is uh, like museum, you know, he he knows everything, you know, there. So can you can you please introduce yourself, your role, yeah, so and uh, let's switch then the gears to the topic. 
Sure, sure. Uh, quick, quick introduction. Yes, I'm old. I'm very old. Uh, the uh, it only shows only shows some hair in the front. There's nothing left on the top. No, that, uh, that's the, uh, called your wisdom is growing. You know, so there I'm, you go. It's pushing there. Myself, dude. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, and 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 first, I want I want to dispel the notion. I and nobody nobody knows everything about SAP. That's that's such a fantastic and wide platform. It used to be my uh, my biggest fun. Uh, uh, when uh, when I you know, with with 20 years of SAP, I would have people that I would interview for jobs, and they would have been done in SAP for five years, ten years. They oh, I've done SAP for ten years. I know everything. It's like oh great, I've done it for 20, and I'm still learning. So let's chat. Uh, so yes, it's 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 uh, the beauty of it, and that's why you can stay for so long because there's always something new to learn. Just like Azure and all of our platform. Um, yeah, I've been I've been uh, in the SAP world actually for for a little bit even no longer than that. 92 was. Uh, uh, my uh, my first start around R2 is uh, 4.3 in France and Protein Gamble, and then uh, been doing pretty much uh, a lot of things. I started on the SAP Finance actually, RF RK for people yeah. that uh, uh, remember uh, those days, and uh, um, went through a, mm. a, a lot of different sides. Um, moved to the US over 26 years ago. Uh, worked a lot of different company. Been at Microsoft for five and a half years. Uh, so um, I did have experience with not only a lot of different companies, but a lot of different products within SAP. And at Microsoft, uh, I work, I've got a team. I'm lucky to have a team of lots of people that are, all of them are over 20, 25 years of SAP. Uh, and uh, uh, we are the core SAP architecture. And we work with our project manager and our, our the, the rest of our SAP team to really uh, engineer the uh, the roadmap and the best usage we have possibly of uh, of SAP uh, at Microsoft with our large ecosystem. So very then, very thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, I mean, but that's nice also to have. That's not so often to have that SAP IT teams are having the, I mean, strategy teams. You know who are going into 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 deep dive and and that's really great to see also in the microsoft you know so actually whatever you also <clears throat> do uh, you share with the outside world right with, with what did you learn and 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 also motivate them or, and, and help them in some way right yes um, and and it's it's always good to to recognize that we're like everybody else we're not perfect uh and it's kind of funny because it's in failure that you you've got some of your best learn learning uh so as we did uh, our migration, we had a lot of lessons, and we love to share that with our customers. Uh, and and I think it's uh, it's it's some of the best time too because there's a lot of input that comes from those sharing sessions when you realize oh somebody is trying something else we hadn't thought before. So being able to get outside of that bubble <clears throat> so super valuable. Exactly. Yeah. So um, tell us more. I mean, you're also working on this innovation part on the uh, openness of the SAP. You have some interest results. So just share us more about what are you doing basically. And sure. Um, so we have we have a uh, we have a pretty extensive landscape uh, uh, at Microsoft, and uh, um, we did our migration, you know, to Azure uh, five years ago. Can you believe it? It's it's going to be five years yeah. in February that we're fully Crazy. on yeah. Azure. Uh, uh, which is kind of it's kind of funny because that's still one of the stories that we tell to the customer the most. That's the one that's being asked the most, and it almost feels like you realize we did that five years ago. To us, it's almost like when dinosaurs roamed the earth. You know, it's yes. in, in <laughs> years from uh, IT perspective. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and and yeah. even from the tooling, it's uh, so we have those slides which are frozen in time. You were mentioning earlier 
uh, um, the uh, the scaling, for instance, the agility. Mm -hmm. And when we did the the original pitch of moving to Azure, our number one pitch was cost. And mm -hmm. we always and and we and we did deliver that. You know, we we got a lot of cost saving and others. But the agility we got, uh, the ability to do projects so much faster. The example you were giving with Munich, uh, Ari. We had the same thing two years ago when we had to do our, our federal uh, government business. Uh, okay. We went from nothing to deploy a full S4, which was a carve out of our main system. Mm. We built it in three weeks. We we were live in uh, with, with the S4 part in six months, with the whole project in 11 months. And we did that during COVID with nobody being able to be in a single war room at the same time. And that, that agility, that scalability, we we got only because we had made all the bets of of moving to Azure before. So that's that's a, that's a big thing. Um, I got a few pictures if if that helps to yeah, to to illustrate. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah, please. So um, just 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 to share, um, this is if you know my mouse respond. There we go. This is a this is a view of of, of SAP at Microsoft. That's our landscape, and uh, we're very much like like most customers that I know, um, and <laughs> as you mentioned, I've known a few, uh, which is we're very much in a hybrid mode. Um, we still have a lot of ECC. We have quite a bit of S4. Uh, we're committed to moving to the S4 platform, but we're not doing just an upgrade because there's such a shift in the platform that would be a waste a lot of the value. Yeah. So we're really working through transformation. Um, but quickly going, everything is on Azure. Uh, everything is Azure commercial, except that one purple box, which is Azure government. That's the government project I was mentioning. That's another big topic for a lot of people. Like, uh, how do you do sovereignty? How do you make sure uh, that you ensure data residency? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And we all know that compliance is getting harder and harder and harder. So that's one of the things that we have tackled. We we know how to do it. We've done it internally. Uh, everything in blue is still uh, Netweaver stack with um, our favorite database, Microsoft SQL. And surprisingly, uh, we're very very good at Microsoft SQL. And to be transparent, we get a really good deal on the licensing. Uh, and then uh, on the, on the bottom, everything in orange is is Hana. Uh, mix of BW4 uh, and S4. Um, quick attention on the central finance over there. It is not, it's using production data. It's not in production. It's a test in production. We use that because we're doing such a transformation of our financial systems that uh, we're doing a lot of parallel runs. So this is our production system. This S4 is in production. Everything else is in production. This is a test in production. So how um, many, how many virtual machines, let's say, all in all, we have in that landscape. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a great question. Um, when we first migrated, we were around 800 virtual machines. When we started the project on Azure, uh, was 600 systems we moved. That was the number of servers. Today, we're over a thousand VM. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> I cannot tell you how many we have at any given point unless I go check, okay. because mm -hmm. to the same point. We start and stop systems all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another another big things we change is we used to have those huge application server, big, big, big machine. And when mm -hmm. we move them, we initially move them the same way, lift and shift. Okay. And then when we innovated on Azure, we broke them into many more systems, but much smaller machine. Mm -hmm. 
So where we used to have one big application server, now we have 12, they're much smaller. And that way we have a lot more grain in scaling up and down versus having mm. big steps like we used yeah. to. Have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. Uh, so that was showing a kind of better approach, having a more smaller one than less bigger machines. I mean, you've got you've got uh, economy of scales in terms of the the, the cost of the machine. Uh, you've got uh, much better granularity in terms of scaling up and down. Uh, you've got another thing we do is we do automated rolling patches on those mm. system. Okay. So when we have an app server and we are new new patches. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, we take them down one after the other, which mm -hmm. means it's transparent. System is always up mm -hmm. and the patch is rolling in the background. So we wait for a system to be fully emptied in terms of transaction, gets patched, gets restarted on the new version. So the whole patching will happen around a, a period of maybe two days as the patch rolls through all the servers, but it's transparent to the other side. Lots right. of lots of changes in, 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 in syncing. Exactly. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, um, so one one of the biggest thing we did with uh, with this uh, move to Azure, uh, if I can if I can jump in that um, just to give you an idea, is is what we call digital transformation. And you know, digital transformation is always a big buzzword. It's like, hey, what is digital transformation? And and to us, it's like you know, it's all about data. And that was one mm -hmm. of the big thing. So. Uh, You've both been in the SAP world for a long time, so I'm sure you've heard the story. Like in IT, you have two teams. You've got you've got the SAP team and you've got the rest of IT. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I, call, I call it SAP IT and normal IT. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's you know, and it makes sense if you've been in SAP for a long time because it's such a, a large and complex animal that you feel like, hey, I want to be, I want to be my own thing, but it doesn't help the enterprise. You know, because your data is in more places, your process goes beyond. So digital transformation for us is really all about data, all of the types of data, all of the way that data is being constructed. And notice that it doesn't talk about any given system. It just really goes back to that data and how that data can be correlated to one another. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, to provide data and to make value out of it, you need to be able to drive action. And the old days, that mean that we had all that data, then we would push it into some business intelligence. And by the way, we had thousands of those as well, thousands of data warehouse. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, funny thing, 900 of them would take data from SAP. We did a method in 97, which was a pub sub, you know, publish and subscribe. 900 data were a great idea, except you're in a company where everybody's an engineer and everybody's got a, a access to make their own SQL server. And then suddenly you've got 900 data warehouse where people are grabbing data from SAP. And then you've got data warehouse getting data from the previous data warehouse. And then people doing reports at different time on different things and getting different results and saying SAP is broken. We're like, mm -hmm. we don't even know where your data comes from. Yep. So bringing back all that data into something that valuable was, was, was key and then driving it to the point where ultimately we want to automate a lot of things. And it's not just in, in business. I take the example you were saying again of scaling automatic uh, 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 scaling. That is something where now we get the data from monitoring and telemetry that tells us, hey, we should scale up because there's yep. usage, or we should scale down because there's less usage. 
So that was that was really uh, um, the big thing around, you know, when we say digital transformation, it's all about empowering all of the data in one place to make more things with it. Um, so I mean, I, I want to go quite quickly on some of those things because I just want to I just want to bring you to uh, to uh, uh, really the the, the the big thing that uh, that I love. Uh, one of the big transformation we did, which is that monitoring and telemetry. And so initially, as you mentioned, uh, Robert, we we moved VMs. You know, mm. we we just lift and shift and things. And then we're like, okay, now what else do we need to do? What else do we need to look at? And we rebuilt a lot of things, starting with our integration layer. The idea was to open SAP. You know, and SAP has that. So it's such a crucial application. There's always been API, BAPIs, and others. But again. Your integration layer, if your system is is integrated with an integration layer which is only understood by the people that use that system, it's yep. not integrated. Mm -hmm. So BAPIs are great, but if you're not in the SAP uh, uh, area, uh, um, you know, a book life, work life, data, all of those things are like, what are you talking about? Go to uh, talk to a... Uh, Nine of ten in, in, in uh, engineer in Redmond and tell them, oh yeah, the blue kites, that's your uh, company code. And they're like, really? That makes sense. So this is little things, but really making an open system that's that, that's a big thing. Yeah. And really, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, the point is also you have many of those systems and data are across the different system, and some of them might maybe not be an SAP system. So. <laughs> And users do not care about; they just want the data, right? So, you need to do the magic there, basically, to integrate all of them in a kind of easy way, right? And open it, so so to say, in a kind of easy way, so it can be consumed as well, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and the the um, a great example is is a, a, a procurement, you know, where you would have a uh, a vendor, uh, but then you would have a product and you would have a purchase order. People understand those notions. There's a motion. It's like, okay, I'm going to get a product from a vendor. I need to open a purchase requisition and make a purchase order. That's going to go through so many layers. You know, it's going to go through some layer of master data because I only have certain vendor. I'm now going to have to do sourcing. Uh, there is going to be some layer of approval, et cetera, et cetera. And some of them are in SAP. Some of them are not in SAP. Uh, in our case, 96% of our users don't see an SAP screen. That's one yeah. of the things that's amazing at, at, at Microsoft. Even though every single Microsoft employee is an SAP user, 96% yeah. of SAP users at Microsoft never see the SAP GUI. I can confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> but every time you do a timesheet, every time you uh, you know you 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 file a vacation or it goes into SAP, you're you're in yeah. the HR system. Uh, every time you go into our procurement system because you need a new laptop and like that, the purchase order ends up in SAP, and and those screens are not there. And it's really our vision is is really to make that SAP into that 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 open platform where we can leverage what SAP does best, which is those complex processes in the center, while making it open to the rest of the enterprise, which is really really also the 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 model these days. So actually, you you mentioned that in our uh, um, conversation before we press the record button that that what you are try, trying to do is already what uh, what SAP's 
advocating today to keep core clean. And so this is what you are trying to do, to keep yep. everything what we have in Microsoft IT uh, in respect to SAP, to have a clean um, somehow definition of, of perception of where data are and what we can use. Yeah. Yes. And to, and to your point, Robert, uh, that's 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 exactly the way our vision uh, was when we did our transformation. So, I mean, let's be honest. Our SAP, especially the one we've been running for 25 years, is not clean. You know, yeah, there's yeah. no <laughs> nobody has been running SAP for 20 plus years and has a clean SAP. We have a lot of Z table, Z code, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And that's part of the transformation. Is like, how can we go back to a more standard SAP? Really have SAP what it does what it does best and have that separation of innovation layer, differentiation mm -hmm. layer versus our system of record layer. And, mm -hmm. and, and really that layer around there is, is last thing. So we started that five years ago, which is before SAP started its, its own, hey, we're going to move to a clean core methodology and innovation mm -hmm. methodology. So there's a lot of alignment, um, which, which is great because, you know, that's the validation that we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a lot of work. And uh, um, the biggest challenge is, do you go fix everything you've done in the past or do you make it right forward? And it's a little bit of both. Like in data, you want to fix some of the past. So we've done a lot of master data work. In the code, we kind of fix forward, which is like we want to, like what we've done with federal, we want to use systems like S4 the right way and find where can we replace an old process with a new process and have our surround layer allows us to do all the things. That that way we can keep upgrading our system, we can keep patching, getting advantage of all the new tools at any point in time mm. without being blocked because, oh, do we need to regress test everything? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so that's that's the... That's a, the hundred thousand foot view of it. It's all about integration, telemetry, you know, just not just business, but also operational and others. So we can see things that are happening. And yes, you can see a lot of that in solution manager, but guess what? If I say to my users, hey, go look into solution manager and back into, and I'm back in SAP IT, not in yeah. overall IT. Everybody can go in Azure monitoring in the company. Um, and then everything that we do in SAP, we push into our data lake for, for, for reporting. And, and, and I really want to emphasize this onto that, that, that telemetry and what we did, which is really everything else was bringing in, but SAP was at that black box, well, actually blue box here. Uh, and, and we really open all those layers to bring that data into one place and allow us to really do all that uh, uh, analytics and machine learning and you know everything, whether it's on scaling, whether it's on validating that our business is doing work and it's working from before SAP through SAP to after SAP. So you do push what I see here, all the layers. So not just the application part, the business processes, but also I see basis layer, kernel database, you mentioned also scaling. So these are kind of basic technology parts, right? So what what can you give more more information? What like um, it's a yeah. lot. I mean, it's everything kind of so to say. Yeah. So so if you think of uh, um, um, Azure Monitor, you know the old application insights. Um, that's core to everything which is in Azure. And we're very big into the idea of like one pane of glass. 
right? If you have the ability, just like for the business, you don't want to have silos of data. You know, you don't want to say, hey, I need to see my dynamics data over here versus my SAP data over there, but you really want my procurement data across. Mm. In uh, IT, you want the same thing. You don't want to. You don't want to say, "Hey, I can see my uh, integration information over there and my SAP information over there." And my so we bring everything in one place. So we looked at it and we looked at what we were getting. So we <laughs> had integration for Microsoft SQL. We provided the same information out of HANA DB. You know, we built connectors. And by the way, those are things we did five years ago, four or five years ago. A lot of this is now part of the standard product of Azure Monitor. Cool. Yeah. So you can see, uh, you know, what is your longest query? How is your queue responding? What is the IO that's happening on your HANA? Then on the SAP kernel, um, we bring data such as um, the uh, the system logs, everything you would see on an SM21, the dumps, ST22, everything you would get in terms of uh, buffer response, the STO3 and all those, all those those things, we capture and we bring down into one central place. And then when I call the, the basis layer is really on the application layer, uh, mm -hmm. where if we do a transaction, we actually mm -hmm. put a little tag, a little payload, uh, it's called an XCV, a cross-correlation vector. Uh, you know, it's a great word. It's a, it's basically, it's a unique identifier. And then, um, I don't know if you've ever had an MRI where they do like tinting of your blood to be able to see it, you know, like a contrast. It's the same idea. We can contrast the payload in a transaction, and then we can report where that payload is into the process. So when we have a sales, for example, a sales order, it's going to take a lot of process in SAP. And people that don't know SAP call the API, and that little payload is over there, and they can see, okay, is my transaction complete? Which status is it in? And so we bring all of that in one place. And then from that data, initially we did a lot of reporting, and now people do more and more action because that's that's the view that's that's being able to know what's happening into how the system operates so what would be an example of an action for example one some scenario okay well so there's there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of scenarios around uh, uh originally technical it scenario those were the first ones so scaling is a great example okay, uh, okay. Uh, you know where we would get a large order we would know that, hey, you know, that order is coming in. We can see it in the upstream system. Let's start some more application service so we're going to be able to tackle it. So that yeah, was a kind of uh, one good example. Okay. Um, we we now, um, what's funny is the business has started to realize that that operational data is available to them just like the transactional data. So uh, our finance friend, uh, one of the challenges they were having was uh, closing closing the books because, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, when I say it's a challenge, it's just because we're a large company, there's many large company. So we have hundreds of company code and it's a dense, you know, it's like, hey, you know, is that country done? Is all those company code done? And it just piles up and up and up and up and it's a really big synchronization. And there's no way because it's happening in all those different systems. Some of it is dynamic, some of it is NetSuite, some of it you know, all over the place in SAP, with SAP having the final books, is there's no way for them to know what is done, not done. Um, and initially they would call IT and we would synchronize mm -hmm. with them and tell them things are done. And then they realize, hey, we can see the integration, we can see the jobs from all those systems done into that, that monitoring system. And we know how to write 
dashboard and, 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 and application. So they build themselves a power app. Uh, I've got a demo of it. If you're if you want, I can, yes. I, can no, please, please. No. I, uh, I can jump over there. There. They built a power app. This is this is a demo screen, by the way. So none of the data I'm showing is uh, is is accurate. So if everybody's thinking, hey, let me look at this Microsoft production, uh, you're going to be sadly disappointed with what I'm showing you today. But um, they basically they look at everything which is uh, before we close at the end of the month, a so quarter of the year. So where are we doing in terms of our revenue? And then once we closed. What have we done in terms of process? So let me let me let me go into this one just to show you the kind of things. And um, as you can see, the date it's frozen in time, but it shows um, this is this is year end fiscal, and you can see both. Um, this is everything, but we, we can split it to look at only uh, what we do from a corporate standpoint, from a federal standpoint. You know, I, I mentioned that uh, we have the the, the two different uh, uh, systems uh, over there. Um, so this is this is really the uh, the corporate, and there's uh, there's a lot less of them uh, on the federal side. There's a lot less uh, uh, activity that's happening. But going back to the uh, overall, see on the, on the federal side, there's a lot of things because it's a simpler uh, environment. They don't have all the other surround and the other country. Obviously, hmm. Microsoft U.S. federal government only operates in one country, which is the United States. So there's a lot less other companies to aggregate from the financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. But back back over there, just to show you, you can see um, all of the things that happened before the end of the month and things that happened after the end of the month. And for each uh, area, you can see which job has to run when. Uh, everything that's green means the job is completed and has run. Uh, yellow means that there's been potentially an issue if I click on it. Uh, I can see the details, so I can see the different jobs and when they've run. I can see this one is yellow because it actually breached an SLA, so it ran longer than it should have. Uh, and I can see how many minutes have been lost. So I can do a post-mortem and try to understand what was happening over there. Why was the system slow? Was there more data this time? Or is it something, you know, lessons learned for next time? Uh, so we have that feedback loop of, of information. Um, I can see all the critical activities that are happening. Uh, and then from there on, I've got a view for the daily trend of is there any incident? Is there a job that I've broken? You know, every everything I showed you, nothing was red. But if things mm -hmm. were red, I would be able to go all the way into my uh, actually uh, uh, my uh, um, uh, my um, uh, which we call it incident uh, portal, and I could see an incident ID. I could click any of those. None of them are going to work because they're fake incidents. Nothing's broken right now, uh, but this is this is a good place for people to know. Okay, that step is broken. What's happening? Why did it break? When is the fix? So there's that that central place. I mean, I'm just imagining also this is useful from lower level people up to the higher management because it gives you so to say a kind of transparency. You know how healthy my <clears throat> system is. Do we have an issue? You know, so in some way. Reporting is easy for you. It's always there. I mean, it's it's somehow like uh, you know. Finally, uh, uh, you are understanding how business flow is going and what is wrong, what is not for. Because you are collecting telemetry from IT perspective. We know how to do that, but now we are going a step further and collecting all how business processes are working, how batch uh, jobs are reacting and so on. So we now understand how business is yeah. uh, working. So we don't need to ask them 
Yeah, so we see that from telemetry and we, we can then create a little bit intelligent decisions after that. Yeah, it's nice, it, it's very nice. It, it, you're so right, Robert, and, it, it, and it's funny because it's not only, we don't need to ask them, they didn't need to ask us. They yeah. built the original version of that dashboard yeah. without even telling us, uh, which yeah. was funny. They used to call us all the time to understand uh, where they were, uh, what, what job was done or not, and then one day they stopped calling. And then uh, we find out why, because they had built their sales of that. Now, the version I showed you is the one that we actually rebuilt beyond that with IT, because then we saw, oh, this is valuable for you. We didn't have all those details. Mm -hmm. Now we have them. Let me add a layer that's valuable for me, which mm -hmm. is tracking all those SLA. Mm -hmm. And say, oh, that's great. Now, if you tell me <laughs> yeah. something is broken, can you also tell me where I can see the information? So then we added the connection to our own internal uh, 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 incident management system. So to your point, it's all about providing that extra layer of intelligence so people can make more informed decision. And, and it's think, amazing and yeah. And I think you can, uh, I uh, assume you can also simulate many scenarios in direction of what if. Yeah? So you can somehow say, okay, based on this data, yeah, we can analyze and make prediction what if um, Black Friday, whatever, yeah, just yeah. dummy example, then we can say, okay, from infrastructure perspective, we will need maybe 10 additional application servers. From pro business perspective, you can achieve those goals in three days or three hours or three minutes. Yeah, so this is somehow, yeah, nice. Very yeah, nice. And, and, and that's that's a, that's a great example. The, the, the thing that we had, for instance, you know, the fact that we have that yellow light that says that we've breached an SLA, Okay. Bridge SLA for an internal thing. It's internal business. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, who cares? The job completed. I know yeah. our return code was zero. Everything was fine. It's like, yeah, but it runs 30 minutes later, yep. which means yep. that this is what happens with everybody else being pushed 30 minutes down, yep. which is something that is important to the business, which doesn't necessarily bubble up back to IT. Yep. And then you can start putting a dollar value on that 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah, there is a, I nice. mean, one nice one, one stuff what's stay, what you mentioned is the part of the automation where you married uh, the business processes with the infrastructure need, like something is coming out and in, and it might happen that you need additional compute power on the application server. Let me start mm -hmm. it in, for example. I mean, that's, this is the, the, the kind of one of the holy grail uh, of the, I mean, uh, who, who all this will become rich with SAP, you know, not, not an easy. So I'm really uh, impressed, uh, yeah, uh, with, with these kind of, because that's bring also the business and, and need, I mean, automating the need as on the infrastructure, pu pushing as per, you know, so mm -hmm. I have to say it's, it is impressive, yeah. Mm. There's a there's a lot of value and uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, possibilities and opportunities. Uh, mm. It's uh, it's uh, I again being super transparent. Finance is ahead of a lot of other groups, and it's great because when those kind of things start to emerge, suddenly there's ten other people say, "Well, wait, if I can do this, could I also do that for that yeah, other team?" Yeah, of course, yeah. So. Yeah. So it's it's a great um, it's a great flywheel, you know. Mm -hmm. This is where 
it's it's a validation of some of the design uh, we built, and I say we as sort of collective we. It's all of MSIT. Uh, I don't take credit. There's a ton of people uh, that made those things happen, and afterward it becomes a huge discussion around uh, uh, <laughs> what do you prioritize? Where is going to be the big bang for the buck? But to your point, Robert, there is also the flexibility of a what if. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Nice. Nice. I think I think I have a feeling that you can discuss about those topics next three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we don't have three hours. We could uh, organize another session. Yeah. No, yes, I mean I'm, this. Uh, I mean with with a concrete customer. You are customer of SAP and you are customer of Azure as well. I mean Microsoft in some way, right? Um, but in general, with the customer, I always this is the real life, you know. And Microsoft IT for me, as far as I've seen, are really the top IT and the most innovative guys, you know. Uh, I've seen so far. I haven't seen everything, but really, what I've seen is really the the best. And uh, happy that we could share this with the with the broader community, right? So I mean, you know, it may happen. You get some. Follow-up questions, you know, Frederick, be ready. <laughs> okay, totally fine. Thanks, thanks for having me, uh, guys. I mean, it's uh, I think uh, it's it's great, and uh, like you said, it's only scratching the surface, and and you've been doing the podcast much longer, so uh, um, you know better than anyone how quickly and how much evolution happens all the time in the in the area. So uh, I think we'll have a follow-up sooner yeah. or later with you. Hope. Okay, great. Thank you, Frederick, and uh, till next time. Yeah? Yes. Thank you, guys. Okay, bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.